Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the QB Factory Reboot brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. We're recording on Tuesday, October 12th, and on Sunday afternoon, the Eagles actually won a fourth quarter comeback victory over the Carolina Panthers, 21 to 18. So, woo! We love wins. Yes. We love glorious victories, Rachel. We love glorious victories. And now the birds are two and three. So a very, very exciting win, a, a comeback one that we're going to get into. And we're going to recap that. We're also going to talk about what we saw from Jalen Hurts and from Sam Darnold. And we're also going to preview what to expect from Tom Brady in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week six. A very short week for the Eagles, you know, turnover. They won on Sunday and now they got to get ready for Thursday um, against the Bucks. So at 8.20 p.m. on October 14th. So we'll, you know, recap that next week when you guys return to listen. But don't forget to rate. Don't forget to leave a review. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. I am your host, Rachel Prevett, and I am joined by the one and only best co-host in the world, the QB expert, Mark Schofield. Hey, Mark, what's up? What's going on, Rachel? How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling good. I, I'm feeling good today too. I've got my uh, Shane Falco, I see uh, Washington Sentinels jersey on a movie, The Replacement, which was filmed, by the way, in large part at MT Bank Stadium in Baltimore, which I do believe yes. my brilliant and talented co-host was at last night. I was Ravens Colts action. How was that? Um, history in the making. It was. A very memorable night. Literally got surprised with tickets yesterday afternoon. We went out to the game Monday night football. Got to see Lamar Jackson in person. The monster that he is, the unique player that he is. A comeback, you know, victory over the Colts. And it was just a very thrilling game. It was, you know, I was full of so many different emotions, you know, up until the fourth quarter, but they were able to pull it through from a 19 point deficit, which was wild. Um, and it was just impressive. Like overall, Lamar Jackson was impressive. So Lamar is just absolutely amazing to watch right now. Like watching it last night, be watching that game this morning. He is just, he's on another level right now. And I want to dig up at some point during his draft cycle, I put together this long thread of like articles that people like myself and others like either wrote or like Twitter videos we did of like, here are all the reasons why Lamar Jackson is going to be a good quarterback. And I want to dig that up because yes, it'd, be, it'd be fun to it'd be fun to go down that road. Um, I'm mad, Raisha. I'm mad this morning. Why are you mad? Right before we came on, I saw on Twitter, on the Bird app, Disney Plus is doing a remake of Home Alone. No. Like set in the modern era. No. I, I do not. I'm, I'm bamboozled. I'm in no mood to deal <laughs> with this. Like, how can you remake this movie set in like today's time? Like every kid has a cell phone. I remember showing my kids the original and they're like, well, this can't. Well, my kids were, are always worried about like robbers and stuff anyway. Which, okay. But they're like, this could never happen, mom. Yeah. We would just use Alexa to call you and, yep. or call the police. Like, I don't, 
Rochelle, explain this to me. I don't okay. understand. I don't. I don't really know how I feel about like remakes. Like, okay, the first Home Alone was great. The second yep. one was really good too. But now, what is this like? There was already a third one. I already know. Right. Why? Why are you forcing I, it? I don't. It's like Hollywood's run out of ideas. Yeah, it's leave like, us. We don't know what to do anymore. Like this. This like, movie's a. Yeah. I'm mad. I'm Me mad. too. I don't, I, I, I don't like starting shows mad, Rachel, but I'm mad about this. That is a classic, and I feel like, what is the point of trying to, like, they're just going to mess it up. You yeah. know, the expectation is set so high from the first two, so now why do you need to continue with four, have, five, six? I, like, what are you going to remake next? Like, it, it's the I great pumpkin, know. Charlie Brown? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm very disappointed. But but before John, we do have a victory to talk about. Um, do? I do have a movie quote. Yes. Um, it, it's from The Rock. A, a, okay. a cult favorite of mine, uh, okay. Michael Bay, Wesleyan, class of, I think, 92. Shout out, Wes U, uh, West okay. Tech. Um, it's a movie that's, uh, like all Michael Bay movies, is just got an absurd plot line. Uh, a former Marine, like, Brigadier General, like, takes Alcatraz and a bunch of tourists, like, hostage with some mercenaries, trying to shed some light on, like, his former troops who were killed in action behind enemy, enemy lines so they can't get benefits. And so the U.S. military and government decides we're going to, like, send a SEAL team in. And the only person that knows how to get into Alcatraz is a mm -hmm. former British Secret Service agent who's now like in prison. He's like 75 years old. Since he broke out of Alcatraz, he could break us in. That's played by Sean Connery. Okay. There's okay. Like, um, Nicholas Cage is in it because there's like some chemical weapons and he's like some nerdy FBI. It's just <laughs> absurd. But there's in a movie filled with absurd moments, there's this moment where one of the like mercenaries is like holding a gun to Nick Cage's head and Sean Connery all badassery, like throws a knife at the guy's head and kills him. What? And he's like, you must never hesitate in that like thick Scottish brogue. So it's fantastic. That's my quote because okay. watching Jalen Hurts, I, I had a I had a whole point to this thing. Mm -hmm. Watching Jalen Hurts on Sunday, there were a bunch of different moments, particularly like second quarter into the third quarter, where it's like he's hesitated, like he's caught between what to do. He's slow to like work from one side of the field to the other. There was that play where like. He starts to scramble. This was at – it was a third and eight in the second quarter, like the 10-25 mark or so. He starts to scramble to his left and decides, look, you know what? I'm going to throw it. And he throws it late to Gainwell, who mm -hmm. gets like obliterated. Mm -hmm. And it's like you can either run it or throw it, mm -hmm. but you can't do both. Yeah. Like, you've got to do one or the other. Like windows in the NFL – they close in the blink of an eye. Like you must never hesitate. So that is my movie quote. If you have not seen The Rock, I'm not going to say go watch it. Like it's not a perfect piece of American filmmaking. Like I wouldn't like recommend it. But if you're like scrolling around on like Saturday afternoon and it's on like TBS or something, give it a couple minutes. It's got some moments. But that's my movie quote for today. That was perfect. It was really, yeah, that was spot on. That was spot Nailed on. It. Nailed it. And I have some song lyrics that I chose. And I chose the motivation for me is telling them what I could not be. And that was from So Ambitious by Jay-Z and Pharrell. Yep, yep. Love it. I chose this for Darius Slay, cornerback for the Eagles, because after week four, right, 
There was so much talk about him, like negative talk, like a lot of criticism on him and how, you know, he's big play slay and he's not living up to like the expectation. Like he's supposed to be like one of the defensive leaders on the Eagles, you know, team. And people were just being really vocal about it. He clapped back on Twitter a little bit and we found out that he like had a baby boy. And then he comes out week five against the Carolina Panthers and just completely shows off. It was one of those performances that I think was like a, what were y'all saying? Like he tried to shut up those people who were, you know, talking bad on him. So this was a bounce back performance. He finished with two interceptions on the day. So definitely um, gave the Eagles like that momentum, definitely turning points for the Eagles when they got the, both of those interceptions, they were key factors in the Eagles coming back over the Panthers and being able to win that game. So people doubt in him. I think he used that motivation of what, you know, they told him like, you know, you're not it and allowed that to fuel him for this performance. And he even limited a standout wide receiver, DJ Moore to five catches for 42 yards. So that just shows you like he was really like not playing when he came on week five. So I, I'm pretty sure I might've said something on the show about it too. So um, yeah. if, I, if I helped Darius, <laughs> if I helped to be a little bit of a motivated, factor, I, I'm glad I did that. Um, His first, like both of his interceptions were great. His first one yeah. was like textbook teaching. Yeah. Now Darnold made a bad throw, like Darnold. And we can talk about Darnold if you want. Darnold yeah. played not well. Let's put it that yeah. way. But it's that sort of outside guy runs a go slot guy runs a flat route. And he's like playing between the two. Mm-hmm. And he's got his eyes on Darnold. He's deep enough that he can squeeze the window on the vertical route, but mm-hmm. he's still in position to make a play if Darnold decides to throw the flat route, which he probably should have done. Like, if you're not sure, take the easier throw, the shorter throw, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Darnold tries to squeeze it in and basically slays in position to just jump it perfectly. Yes. I mean, the second interception, too, it's just, you know, he drives on it. It's the two curl routes, and he drives on it perfectly. Again, reading Darnold's eyes, reading the hips of the receiver, too. He's reading through the hips to the eyes of the quarterback. Just two tremendous plays from Slay. And, you know, I we all love when an athlete can, like, shut people like me up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, like Baker Mayfield, uh, he's going through the same thing right now because people mm-hmm. wonder about Baker. It, there's nothing cooler to see than an athlete sort of respond in that moment. So, yeah, huge game from Slay. Yeah. And we want to see him continue. Hopefully that was like the awakening of a beast, you know, like we need more, we need more, you know? So I I was very impressed by his performance and he, I had said some stuff too. So he definitely shut me up because he told us like the player that he is capable of being. So at the same time, Rachel, look, it's great. Now we have evidence that Coach Sirianni's listening to the show. We've got yeah. evidence, evidence of Darius. So, like, <laughs> that's cool to see. So I'm, I'm glad yeah. everybody's listening. That uh-huh. I'm playing it in the locker room. Like, whatever. Be, on the loud system. On the loud yeah. system. Yeah. You know, they don't be. need pop-up music. They need this show. Which, yes, they do. Okay. <laughs> it's only right. It's only it's right. Fair. It's only fair. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into Jalen Hurts' performance and what we saw from him. The good, the bad, the ugly from this performance. And then, like you said, we're going to touch on Sam Darnold too, but Jalen Hurts finished just 22 for 37 for 198 yards, but he rushed for two of the Eagles touchdowns in the final 16 minutes. So another comeback victory. Um, 
And on the final four possessions, he finished five of 10 for 105 yards with five carries for 28 yards and two touchdowns. So the late stretch of the game, they were able to like rally back. And we saw some things that were like really, really good uh, from Jalen Hurst. And we saw some things that were not so great. I think one of the plays that I noted that was the biggest turning point, in my opinion, was when uh, he had the pass to Quez Watkins. And we talked about Quez Watkins yeah. and the player that he is. It was for 53 yards. And um, that was a really, really big play. Yeah. I mean, that that was a massive play. I mean, I, I've got my – I'm old school. My handwritten notes. Nice. From, you know, charted the game when I was watching it and when I was re-watching it. That play to Watkins was his best throw, I think, of the entire game. I'm pulling it up right now. But, you know, you could see in this game, and I wonder if you feel the same way, you could see his confidence build. Like first quarter, second quarter, early third quarter, he's very shaky. And for all the people that say like momentum isn't real, you know, I, I like to push back on that idea. I, I think obviously, look, high school football, college football, like momentum's much more real. Like NFL, like these guys are getting paid money to do it. Like, you know, you, you, momentum isn't as real, but you can see evidence of momentum shifts in games you could see evidence of players getting more confident like i said early in the game he was hesitant he was indecisive he needed to make decisions quicker as that game got along and kept going you could see the confidence build the throw to watkins huge spot huge play third and ten situation throws it under duress and just drops it in a bucket like and, and watkins ran a fantastic route too like credit to watkins because he put that guy in a blender that was a huge throw. I think, Rochelle, you're exactly right. Like, that was a throw where it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I could see how this could work. Exactly. And then they ended up scoring. So, like I said, I think that was a turning point, definitely, um, seeing that. What was a play that you saw that you thought was like a, a standout play from Hurt? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the second and nine late third quarter, I mean, late fourth quarter. So it's second and nine at the 310 mark. He throws that sort of bend in vertical route because they run four vertical routes. And Goddard bends it to the inside towards the middle of the field. And again, you see the decisiveness from Jalen Hurts. It's one of those moments where we've been talking about the entire run of this reboot, right? Mm -hmm. Decisiveness, anticipation throws. As Goddard is making his break, Hurts is hitting the top of like the very top of his drop, and the ball is immediately coming up. Like it's not a situation where he drops, he hitches, he looks, and then he throws. It's right foot in the dirt on that final step of the drop, and the ball is already coming out as he starts his momentum forward. Like that's one of those moments where, and, and I talk about it a lot. We've talked about it a lot. When will the game slow down for? Him? Mm -hmm. Right there. Like that's it. Like he knew what he had. He knew the read. He knew exactly where to go to the with the football. And they're down five with three ten left in this game. Like, that's a huge throw in this spot. Like, the earlier stuff, like, look, there was a lot of stuff that he screwed up. There was a lot of stuff yeah. that he screwed up early in this game. Um, I, I think to Carolina's credit, they messed a lot with some of the RPO looks. Like, a, a lot of the RPO stuff where Hertz ended up pulling and throwing, it's because they were showing crowded boxes. They were muddy in that box count pre-snap where he's like, look, we can't run into this. Look, I got to pull and throw. Second half of this game, this throw right here for me, like, okay. Like, we could work with this. Like, this could work in the NFL. Like, he's starting to pick things up. And remember, look, we talked about it last week. Ninth start now. Yes. Like, there, we we want to see the improvement. This was improvement over the course of a game, a game in which they won. Now, yes, 
defense, special teams, all that stuff. But for Hertz's perspective, batty early, very much improved late. For sure. Another play, fourth quarter, Hertz hit Devontae Smith in the end zone. This was the two-point conversion. And uh, I saw someone tweet out about this particular play because the snap was, like, really, really bad. And the fact that he was able to kind of like regroup get, and he escaped some pressure and then yeah. he still hit Devonte Smith. That was a very impressive play as well. Yeah. I mean, this play is fantastic because they kind of go with this unbalanced look, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got three linemen to the left side. You've just got the guard on the right along with the center. Mm-hmm. And so you have a free rusher in your lap by the time you secure the bad snap. Yeah. Yeah, And for him to then, okay, catch, secure, evade with a little bit of a stiff arm, and then find Smith. In the back right? of the end zone. Yeah. yeah, it's not like he was wide open at the front pylon. Yeah. He was in the back, you know, by the end line. And the number 26 definitely was, like, coming and cutting across. So that could have right. been. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he needs to make this throw with velocity on the move. And he's yeah. able to do that. And that's a gotta have it moment, right? Like you're mm-hmm. up one, you need the two point conversion to make it at least a field goal situation. Otherwise, you know, maybe Sam Darnold pulls it together. Mm-hmm. This was a huge play. And I remember right when this happened on the timeline, somebody like clipped it and put out like, you need to see this two point conversion. Mm-hmm. And they were exactly right. Like the catch, the secure, the evasiveness, the eyes downfield. This is a great play from snap to finish from Hertz. I do have a question. Okay. So with, Jalen Hurts in this game, like we already talked about, like in the first three quarters, he wasn't like all that, you know, they were behind and he really had to rally back in the fourth. So do you think that that touches on the type of player he is or kind of like downplays like how good of a player he is because he doesn't start off as strong for this performance specifically? Does that knock points off of his grade that you would give him because he didn't start as strong. Yeah. I mean, I think it's almost a situation where you give him two grades, right? Like the first mm-hmm. half, it's like a, a C minus, like it, okay. it's not great. I think you give him like a B plus to an A minus for the second half. Mm-hmm. And ultimately I think what this speaks to is something we've talked about a ton with Hertz. It's that mental and competitive toughness. Like mm-hmm. sometimes, and I think we saw this with Darnold, like it's a great juxtaposition between the mental toughness of these two young quarterbacks Darnold kind of felt like he got caught up in that quicksand like we talk about a quote from this movie by the way (laughs) and struggled against it and couldn't fight his way out of it whereas Hertz shakes off the bad first half which was a bad first half Mm -hmm. and is able to put this team with the help of the defense and the special teams for sure in position to win this game like and I saw a discussion on Monday night about leadership at the quarterback position because people are talking a lot about they're revisiting their Justin Herbert pre-draft takes and saying, well, how do we miss on Herbert? And there was some talk within league circles that like, he, he's a bit of a quiet guy. Like he's a bit of a standoffish guy. And I remember talking to Herbert at the senior bowl and he's like, I'm reading books about leadership and stuff like that. Like he's an introvert. Like he's a biology major. Like if he wasn't a football throwing alien, he'd be in a lab somewhere, <laughs> like, you know, making vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> but there's different ways to be a leader. Okay. Mm-hmm. And with Hertz and perhaps with Herbert, that's that ability to walk into that huddle and the guys know that, look, you know, that they want to play for you. Like, you don't have to be this huge rah-rah guy. You don't have to be this, like, fiery guy like Tom Brady will yell at people and throw tantrums on the sideline. You just have to step into that huddle and have those 10 guys believe in that you can 
find ways to win games. And to win a game like this, that's huge for Hertz from that leadership perspective. And so, you know, the first half, again, it, it wasn't great. But I think you have to look at the entire situation, the way he helped this team battle back, the way he improved over the course of the game. Mm-hmm. Again, you, you know, seeing a quarterback struggle early, learn from mistakes and speed things up. I love to see that. And so when he's slow on reads and decisions in the first half, but much faster in the second half, that to me says, okay, he's he knows what he has to improve upon. He's doing it in real time. That's a very good sign to me. I mean, what do you think? One thing that I feel like we don't give credit enough, like it's really easy to nitpick what went wrong, but the ability for these quarterbacks to move on to the next play, like good or bad, something happened, but you kind of have to stay, you kind of have to stay here. You can't go too high. You can't go too low. The next play, well, you like once the play is over, move on to the next. We can see that with Hurts. Like he could have got, all the way down based off of the first three quarters, but he kept thinking like forward, like, okay, next play, next yep. play. And I think that kept him in the game also. That's a mindset. That's like your mentality. And we don't credit um, a lot of the quarterbacks for th- like the ability to do that. It's, it's such an emotional game, like mm-hmm. at its core, right? You have to stay within yourself, particularly some positions like quarterback, defensive back, right? We talked about Slay. You give him a touchdown pass, you get beat deep, forget it. Like mm-hmm. you, you got to have that goldfish like, you know, short term memory. Mm-hmm. Same thing for quarterbacks. Like you apply the lessons of the mistakes, but you don't get bogged down in them. Otherwise, you are doomed to repeat them. See, Darnold, Sam. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. Sam Darnold did in this game. Mm-hmm. He repeated some mistakes. Hurts made some mistakes, didn't repeat those, and got better at it. That's that's the mental toughness. That's the 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 ability that you want to see in a quarterback. Forget about mistakes, but still apply the lessons that you can learn from them and be a better quarterback as a result going forward. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Exaggerations and half-truths aren't new in politics. But now, with AI, people can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet, for a three-part miniseries, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent. How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies? Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process? Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge. And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November? When our elections are so close, where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes. The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet 
wherever you get your podcasts. So now I guess we can dive into what we saw from Sam Darnold a little bit. Um, he finished 21 of 37 for 177 yards with one touchdown, but he had three interceptions. So shout out to the Eagles defense. Yep. And he struggled a little bit, as we can see, based off of just the interceptions alone uh, offensively. Um, because the Eagles defense was being like super, super aggressive. And um, one of the plays that I saw particularly that was good on his part was uh, this was five minutes and 59 seconds in the first. It was second and 10 and he hit tight end Ian Thomas, but that ball was tipped off by Alex Singleton. And the fact that it was like low key, like, I mean, of course, pressure is being applied, but like deflected and he still completed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Donald throws with pretty good velocity. And I mean, this, if he doesn't have sufficient arm strength to make these kinds of throws, that tip is getting, you know, it's falling down and complete five yards past a lot of scrimmage. And, you know, Donald did do some good things in this Mm -hmm. game. It's just Mm -hmm. Panthers fans now are working through the idea that they passed on Justin Fields. Like Mm -hmm. Panthers Twitter these past 48 hours has been an absolute minefield and, a minefield I'm certainly avoided waded into, mm-hmm. but they're struggling with that. It, it, the Panthers, after their great start where they were three and zero, and people wonder, look, are they for real? And people like me were saying, yeah, you know, Donald looks good. The defense looks great. Mm-hmm. You know, two back to back losses. You know, one against Dallas, and that was a sort of that measure and stick game, right? Because you're wondering how good are you against the Cowboys, and then this game against the Eagles, where you have the lead and you just sort of collapse. Mm-hmm. There certainly some questions to ask both about the offense and the defense. I, I mean, I think with Donald's like it's sort of a bit of a regression to the norm with him. Like mm-hmm. you're going to have some bad mistakes from him. You're going to have some bad games from him. The question now is, okay, the stuff we were just talking about with Hurts, can he do that going into week six? Can mm-hmm. he shake this stuff off? Can he learn from the mistakes, the, the first interception by Slay? Just take the out route. Like like if you're caught in between and you're not sure, just, just take the out route. Don't force it. The second one, you, it was the two curl routes. He forces the one to Slay. The other one's open. One Panther plays John Ellis. He did a good video breakdown on Twitter that the other out routes, the other curl routes open. Take that. So does when he sees those situations in week six, week seven, week eight, what decisions does he make? Does he still make the same mistakes or does he learn from that? That's what when it comes to Sam Donald, I'll be watching for in a couple of weeks to come. So is that something where it's more so like taking your time and really like screening the field before you make like your decision? Because like you said, he had another option. Yeah. So that's like more so like your decision making. Like maybe he was a little rattled a little bit. Yeah. I think certainly on that curl route interception, the second slay interception, he was like rattled by some of the pressure. And you sometimes see that with quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Eagles defensive front was doing a good job up front to get some pressure. You start to speed up your decision making process. You think, mm-hmm. I don't have time to get to the other side of the field. I don't have time to flip my eyes to the, the, the second read and the progression. I'm just going to take this because – I don't know. A rather large man has the idea to put me in the hospital and I don't want to do that today. I'd like to yeah. sleep in my own bed tonight. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, that that's again, that emotional aspect of playing this game, playing this position that it, it's hard to understate. It's hard to overstate. I don't, I'm going to screw that one off. But anyway, like that's a situation where, okay, take that extra half second. If you can, 
get to your second read. And I know it's easy to sit here with the benefit of a pause and a read rewind button and say, you should have done that one. And we sometimes, we don't know exactly what the progressions are on a given play. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we might think based on some playbooks and stuff or my poor attempts at doing it myself back in the day, Mm -hmm. that that's where you go. Your eyes go one, two, three, bomb, bomb, bomb. Mm-hmm. It might be different. You know, it might be, look, that was his first read. He felt it was open. So we threw it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But with my little handy pause and read my button. No, no, no. Yeah. There, Sam, you know? Yeah. So. We'll see. I mean, we hope for the best for, for a young quarterback, but we'll, we'll see in the weeks going forward. Does he apply those lessons? Does he slow his process down? So he's looking backside, picking up other options, or does he continue to force these throws into tighter windows? And if he does, Carolina's going to be wondering what they have in Spencer Rattler, I guess, or yeah. somebody in the next draft. Yeah. And by the way, if you're wondering about quarterbacks in the next draft class, um, yeah, it's a little bit shaky. Oh, God. It's oh, a little God. bit shaky. So if we start getting into November and December, Rachel, and there's, mm-hmm. a, you know, drum beats of the Eagles need to draft a quarterback. By that point, they might have the top three picks in the draft, the way things yeah. are shaken up. Although, you know, what the what the Colts do with the when situation is going to be interesting to track, right? Because oh, yeah. if they're out of it, I'd imagine they would sit Wentz down to save their first round pick. But if not, see, right. Eagles could have like three picks in the top five. I mean, yeah. Maybe you just draft three quarterbacks. I don't know. I don't know. That would make our show fun. But. It would. <laughs> it definitely would. We love that. But, I mean, we touched on Sam Darnold. Yep. So now – I mean, that's an exciting win that the Eagles have. But like I said, it's a really short week. So hopefully they got to soak up all of those good feels. But now it's kind of like, all right, back to the grind. Because now we are getting ready for week six, which is a primetime game, which is already like a big deal in itself. But against Tom Brady, of course. And that that, that, that football throwing alien right there. That's a Tom Brady signed helmet. Yes. Whoa. 44 year old, seven months younger than me, football throwing alien. You know? And it's only looking better and better. Like he continues to look really, really good. I don't get it. I think, Rachelle, I'm going to stop eating strawberries. I won't (laughs) eat bread. Like maybe that's it, right? Yeah. Like maybe that's it. And I will say, as somebody that has uh, studied Tom Brady since like his first games mm-hmm. with the New England Patriots again, high, you know, dirty, filthy Patriots fan. <laughs> um, to now, I feel like I have this like weird mind meld with him. Like when they lost to the Titans two years ago, his last game with the Patriots, I was on radio in San Francisco and they were like, Do you think he's gonna leave? And I'm like, Yeah, and he might go to Tampa Bay. And people are like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, No, look, Tom Brady has heard people for years say he can't throw the deep ball. He's going to want to go to Tampa Bay and say, you know what? I'm going to that offense where all they do is throw deep. Yeah. And I'm going to go there and I'm going to win games. Mm-hmm. People thought I was crazy. He goes to Tampa Bay. The day after he signed, I wrote, he's still good enough and he's going to win a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. What? Yeah. I, mean, I have this ball? weird, like, Brady mind meld. I should be the one writing books about Tom Brady. But anyway. Yeah. This man is a football throwing alien. Definitely. That's all he cares about is throwing footballs. Mm-hmm. He goes to bed at four in the afternoon or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> he won't eat bread. He won't eat strawberries. Like maybe that's what I need to do. Like maybe I need to like go to bed at five in the afternoon, give up strawberries, give up bread, and no, sorry, no, I can't though. Strawberries. He's missing out with strawberries. I'm sorry. And but... I, I, we had garlic bread last night. Like, oh how God. could you not like garlic bread? Bread, or butter, garlic. Like, what, what's the not to like? Mm. I don't get it. 
yeah, Brett altogether, he's missing out. But yeah. I mean, he's coming off of a very, very easy win over the Dolphins, the poor Dolphins. But yeah. um, in their first, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their first place in the NFC South. And uh, he completed 30 of his 41 pass attempts for 411 yards for five touchdowns. What? Zero interceptions, giving him a 144.4 passing, like passer rating. Yeah, Monday afternoon. So just like you said, a alien at this yeah, point. He's, he's a football throw alien. The, the the touchdown, the catch and run touchdown to Antonio Brown. Yes, like he had a guy just drill him in the face, and he throws an absolute dart under pressure. It's a catch mm-hmm. and run touchdown. I think my favorite was, and, and I did a Twitter video on him, the post route touchdown to Mike Evans because yes. it's one of those plays where they send somebody in motion. So a defender trails it. So Brady's thinking, Oh, it's man coverage, right? Defender yeah. trailing the motion, but then they spin to zone coverage. So he's like, okay, well I'll just throw the post route between the safeties and puts it right on him. Evans is able to catch turn away from the safety and score. It's just, what do you do to stop this guy? I don't like, know. What do you do? The new England back in week four, the like Sunday night game, Matt Jones, Brady's return. They did some different things that I think the Eagles might want to try. They did a lot of drop eight coverage where you're just rushing three. You're not worried about Tom Brady scrambling, right? Like, okay. He's not the world's greatest athlete. Like he yeah. runs like Bambi when she was born. Like, <laughs> it's all awkward and legs and just doesn't look good. Um, you drop eight into coverage. You take away throwing lanes. You force him to beat you outside of deep. Can he do it? Yeah. But mm-hmm. from watching Tom Brady over the years, he would much rather hit a cross and route at five yards downfield mm-hmm. than a deep shot 45 yards downfield. Could he do it? Yeah, he can't. But you pick your poison with Tom Brady. You force him to do the things that he's a little less good at. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you hope for the best. You're not going to be able to run the football on this defense. Mm-hmm. Like they're on path to give up on, on path to give up, I think, 690 rushing yards this year, which would be an NFL record. Yeah. The did it like in 2000, like the year they won the Super Bowl? Uh-huh. They gave up like 700 yards over 16 games. They're on pace to give up like 690 over 17 games. Oh. That's absurd. Yes, that's absurd. Vita Vea is fantastic. They're very good up front. Mm-hmm. Like part of it though is game scripts, right? Because they're they're mm-hmm. like Miami had to get away from the run game. Like Dallas in Week One didn't even try to run the football against them. So part of it is game planning and game scripts. But they're a very good run defense. So. For a lot of the Eagles fans that are clamoring for the run game, you might pack the patience this week because you might yeah. not see a lot of it. Like this is a game where you might have to put the football in the air because of what they can do up front. And it's a game where you might have to do that because they might score 40 points on you, similar to the Chiefs game a couple of weeks yeah. ago. And so you might have to throw to stay in it. So that's my Tom Brady diatribe ratio. Do you have any Tom Brady thoughts? I mean, he's loaded with weapons, so we know yeah. that's the problem. And like you mentioned with like his short passes, uh, we already know AB is going to be a problem, but the short pass that he had against the Dolphins and then uh, AB turned it into like a 62-yard touchdown, phenomenal. He just made yeah. it look too easy. Uh, I mean, the whole team, like it's a complete team and they yeah. have some areas that are lacking, of course, and now they have like a um, injury with Levante David out. But yeah. overall, they're still like a pretty complete team. So like you said, even though we want to see the Eagles running the ball more often and we want to see Miles Sanders, I don't think this is a game that we want to test it if they haven't been doing it. It'd be different if like they've been doing it. And this is something that they've, you know, improved heavily. But this is not the game I would be trying. It. Now, I mean, look, Vita Vea is a mountain of a human being. Yeah. Like, like 
that opening night game the Thursday night where he was like literally picking up the center and like four yeah. him <laughs> into Dak Prescott. He, uh, Joe Tryon-Shoyanka had a sack of Mac Jones in that week four game where they ran that little twist. So Vita Vea goes up and mm-hmm. Tryon-Shoyanka comes around him. And Vita Vea forklifted the guard and the tackle like into the end zone. And Mac Jones just did not have a prayer. Like Vita Vea is an absolute freak of nature. Yeah. And so try running the ball against that guy. What's even crazier, Ratio, there are times, and this is just this is just one of those moments where you have to laugh and say that people are cruel. They'll yeah. drop Vita Vey into coverage. And yeah. so you see this 300 pound man like covering people underneath. And it's like these are superhumans. Yeah. Like these are superhumans that we're talking about each week. Yeah. We're just hoping that it's not a blowout. Like right. hopefully the Eagles are still on this high from you know week five, specifically. Like we need the defense to show up, like the secondary. Yeah. All right, uh, Darius Slay, turn it up even more. Right. But I'm just hoping that it's not a blowout. Like at least let us stay in the game. But it is time. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, know. I mean it's tough, and Tom Brady feels like he wants to light the world on fire. I mean, yeah. you keep this to a one-score game. Maybe something happens late. You get a turnover. You get a special teams play. You know, the punt block against Carolina was obviously a huge play. Yeah. Could have been a scoop and score moment. I understand, you know, you're trying to make sure you secure it. And he even joked about it on Twitter. He said the, yeah. the last hop kind of threw him off. Maybe you get a play like that, a big special mm-hmm. teams play. You hit a shot play or something. And you can keep this one close and, and maybe steal it in the end. But it's tough, short week. Usually that favors the home team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's tended to sort of diminish over time that advantage and the home field advantage in the short week. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, if they can hang with Tom Brady and the defending world champs, that will say a lot about this team Great. You know, at this point of the season. I mean, anything is possible, but, I mean, we're going to talk Regardless, about it. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yep. We will be back next week to, you know, recap all of that. And hopefully it's a pretty interesting game. We don't want it. Like I said, we don't want to blow out. So hopefully, you know, we get some good things going. Um, but yes, so the Eagles host Tampa Bay week six primetime game Thursday night, October 14th at 820. So don't forget to rate, leave a review, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on social media, both me and Mark as well on social media. And we'll be back next week to talk ball. Do you have any final words, Mark? Go check out the Disney Plus promo for this Home Alone reboot and let us know what you think because Rachelle and I are in agreement on this one. This this is just this is just seems to be a bad idea to us. Other than that, friends, go Eagles. <laughs>